biased, you know, being a Fulbright scholar. And Jesus Christ. That's the kind of potluck wow. I was I made jambalaya. Did he, did he like, I don't know what I would do. I kept it inside so I could tell people about it later um, to, to really show how in the, in the spirit of Christmas, I, I am the one who judges. St. <laughs> Nick is never not checking his list and you get nothing regardless because that's what being alive is. This is the Big Bang Theory Theory. Hi, I'm Nick. Hi, I'm Kyle. We watched the Christmas episode of the Big Bang Theory on accident but hey that worked out great so whoopie doo uh hey uh, nick want to give us a quick summary of what happened in this episode i suppose so uh so this episode is almost like accidentally a christmas episode like they don't really address it until near the end but basically uh all, all the dudes they're hanging out at their lunch table doing their normal nerd stuff when this totally honky guy comes in He's one of the jock dudes from Battlestar Galactica. He was banging Starbuck for a while. I don't remember. And uh, they're all, they all got boy crushes on him. They're like, oh, he's so smart and handsome. And oh, what are we going to do? Oh. And then he, uh, he comes up and he's like, hey, Leonard, I'm real sexy. Want to come and hang out with me? And Leonard goes, oh. And then they go do that. Um, and then uh, when, when Leonard is coming home with the handsome scientist, he runs into Penny. And it gets Gross. Oh, it's just like, oh, yeah, I just can't wait to see what happens when you get some tequila inside of your tight little 22-year-old body. And she's just like, oh, my God, I love science so much. And Leroy is fucking Leroy. <laughs> Leonard is pissed. <laughs> and that goes on until uh, Le- Leonard comes to confront Penny. And Penny's like, oh, my God, he's married. He wants to take any photos. And, and then she gets sad and drunk, and they kind of just hug and make up. But it's also Christmas. And so, uh, as already happened in a birthday episode, Sheldon's like, I don't understand gifts, and so I've devised a magical little system that makes it, no, no matter what kind of gift I get, I'll have a gift of commensurate value to put in exchange. Um, and then uh, Penny ends up getting him uh, a, hanker, a, a, a napkin that Leonard Nimoy had wiped his face on and then signed, and he, he breaks down uh, as, as Spock would in the, uh, the Into Darkness Star Trek film. Um, I mean, who wouldn't? Admittedly, he's a little. But who among us wouldn't be excited to get a napkin with Leonard Nimoy's signature and drool I, on it? I am. Such... I'm more of a. I'm more of a Patrick Stewart guy myself, but I would still. I would respect the Nimoy. I'm the most casual Star Trek fan. Like I've seen a random handful of the films. I've seen a random handful of episodes. That's right. I remember now. Uh, but nonetheless, if I got Leonard Nimoy's filthy napkin oh that's i would i would sew that into a pair of magical mormon underwear <laughs> so it would always be pressed up against me and so i'd always have to have a really good reason to take them off anyway with that obnoxious nerdy thing i guess we should acknowledge at least uh we've been doing this for a year now oh yeah jeez, oh. i did the math i think technically I mean, I'm not sure the dates line up exactly, but I think technically last episode was our one-year anniversary, and we just there. we just dove right through it. So yeah, we're an episode we, late on everything. So here we are, just acknowledging, yeah, we've been doing this for about a year. Jesus. Yeah, well, that also means that our friendship has lasted a year and several months longer than I ever thought it would. So yeah, hooray yeah, same. for hooray for obligations that bring people together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I hope everyone else out there is happy with that. I'm fine with it. We should actually talk about the episode, I suppose. Um, I think we both liked this one. I did. I did. 
I liked it a lot, and I didn't. I don't. I'm, I'm always in a really uncomfortable place whenever I find myself liking an episode or relating to an episode too much. You know what's the worst thing about it is though. I think how much of it do you like aside from the ending of Sheldon breaking down when he gets the Leonard Nimoy napkin? So I don't like any of the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Like all of the bit where Penny is just being blatantly thirsty for the Doctor dude, yeah. and she, and. Uh, Leonard is just being jealous about it. Like, that's all. I could skip that. But I like the beginning of it a lot when they're like four awkward dudes who can't stop staring yeah, at this okay. one handsome guy who no, walks into we, the... We need to talk about this because when we were watching the episode, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting silently enjoying. Um, and then you look over at me and you're like, ah, oh, I, I wish I could talk with you about how relatable this is to me. And I'm going to be, I have no idea what the hell you were talking about. What... What about that situation? So, so this had one of the best, I mean, in a normal show, you'd call it like the um, teaser or whatever, like the early, what you know, like that bit before the theme song rolls. I can't remember what you call that. Is it a cold open? Is that... Yeah, this had one of the best cold opens of like anything they'd done in a while for me because it just, it established like back to back, like a bunch of relatable activities that I, so at the very beginning of it, I promise I won't get into my theories about it. But the I know epi- you're already wrong about that, So, but do the what you ep- must. The episode opens with a very in-depth discussion of how Superman cleans his super suit yep. uh, and when and how he could even get it dirty since it is made from the same Kryptonian indestructible material as his own body. And, and the default method they bring up is that he cleans it using the sun. Yes, but then there's the question about whether his sweat would get it dirty. And then there's the question about... And then uh, Sheldon replies quite sensibly that Superman doesn't sweat on Earth because he never exerts himself enough, to which uh, Wallowitz counters in a masterstroke of nerd jujitsu. Ah, but what about the times he goes to the bottle city of Kandor? He sweats then, I bet, don't you? And so I was... I mean, we've talked about the bottle city of Kandor before on this show, so we don't need to talk about it you again. You had a little but... meltdown, I think, when you saw a gift of the bottle city of Kandor in one of the episodes. Yeah, it's a good... Anybody who knows about the bottle city of Kandor is a real nerd. Like, that's not something that you find on Wikipedia. That's something that you had to do some diving for. I know about the bottle city of Kandor. And I'm How? Really, I don't know, for hanging out with goobs like you. Yeah, that's, you're tainted now. You can never walk... You're like... You're like one of those people, you haven't been turned into a vampire, but you've spent so much time around vampires. Oh, I'm a daywalker. Yeah, you'll never be fully comfortable in the light ever again. I have all the strengths and none of the weaknesses, except I I don't like eye contact. That's a big one. That's a real, (laughs) real big one. Um, I always just assume people are thinking negative thoughts about me. So anyway, so that's that's the first thing I liked. The second thing I liked is the... handsome dude walks in and they all four immediately turn around at the same time and Wallowitz is like no you can't do that we can't just because I said hey isn't that that guy we can't all turn and stare which is literally a thing that I have gotten in trouble for before is people are like okay so is that that person I just turn around and go who that person and extend my forearm so I think maybe that is where the miscommunication happened so the relatable thing was not you getting all dude moist over no, I was getting that. That was there too. Oh, you just hadn't let me finish. Well, because you say here's a thing, and then you said a thing, but not. But now you're saying no, there's there's, there's three things. There's, I, there's, numbers. What are they? 
nerdy, continue. nerdy continue. conversation, socially awkward. We're all staring at the same time, and then they have to coordinate so they each t- get their turn to turn and stare and gawk at the guy. Uh-huh. And then Leonard saying, ah, I hate that guy. I'm not impressed with his accomplishments at all. But then when he comes over to actually talk to him, he immediately starts melting under the gaze of his hot, hot physical charisma. Um, which, let me tell you. I'm, I consider myself a pretty straight man, but whenever I'm in the presence of a guy who is who is both very smart uh-huh. and very handsome, it fucks with my head a little bit. Kyle, what I sometimes I forget how different we are. That that your potential attraction to another man could be a source of confusion and discomfort. It's not disco- It's not. It's not like a sexual thing. It's just I want to. I want to keep talking to me for everything. That's all it is. You know, what, what are the, 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 the different types of love you can have for another? And well, how they intermingle. I mean, be, maybe. He probably smells pretty good. I was about to say that the key is that you find the scent of a handsome man overpowering and you don't know how to control yourself. And that's why you're having such a difficult time putting it into words. You have that caveman thing where you, you really like someone and you're just like, I don't know, you smell good. Oh, Kyle, my sweet boy. I yeah. bet that guy does smell super good, <laughs> though. He looks like he smells nice. Yeah, and not even, like, nice, like a good deodorant nice, just kind of like, I don't know, you're well-seasoned or something. <laughs> it's, I don't understand it. You, you smell like good meat that I do want to eat, but that I know that I can't because it's alive, and I want it to be alive with me. Like, that kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah, so it sounds like you relate, too. What? No, I, I mean, I'm... <laughs> I'm as straight as they come, and I'm very insecure about it. Uh... So anyway, I, that's all the stuff I liked about the beginning of this episode. And then at the end when he gets the... Chris, all the stuff about the Sheldon and his like, um, fuck, you got me a gift, I have to give you a gift or I'm gonna look like an asshole thing. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. I, so, yeah, the, the, so the Sheldon gift giving thing, I hate any time I relate to Sheldon, but I do really appreciate the, the calling out the stress because I think when you're like a kid getting gifts for people, you, you don't have the self-consciousness attached yet. So you can get anyone any old thing. And not like you're not like you're being shitty about it, but like whatever you get them with your heart, you, it doesn't matter whether you, you know they're going to like it or not. If you believe they're going to like it, you're good. But then you become more aware as an adult and you're like, ah, man, I, I'm not sure what they like. I can't just guess at this. The, my, my heart, whatever I think is best for them, might not be. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to reciprocate that exactly. And so what Sheldon does instead is he just buys, like, five gift baskets of different value so he can he's just primed and ready no matter what gift he gets he's just gonna be whoosh, got it he's gonna he's gonna stress having diarrhea and then he's gonna go to the back room and come up and be like oh boy that diarrhea was rough but here is a a uh, a perfectly adequate gift based on what i've just received from you i think i think that's a good system yeah yeah and i or i think maybe christmas should be the time where if you get each other gifts of different value, you have to come to an agreement on what your friendship really means. And if you can't come to the same terms, you're not friends anymore. <laughs> because that would cause, like, that, I mean, if you're ever in that situation, that means one of you does not value the, the friendship the same way the other does. Or one and, of you's just fucking broke. No, because I think if someone's broke, you recognize that. You, you factor that in. Okay. Like, the receiver has context. It, or, or, if... If you're someone who is upset that the other person is broke, that triggers the friendship value assessment. Because so, who wants to be friends with that D-bag? So I guess what, I mean, it didn't even occur to me until now, but I did not get you anything for I didn't Christmas. Get you you didn't get shit. me anything for 
Christmas. And don't so you that forget it. That it's just nice to know we're on the same page. Kyle, but you know what we did? Can yet? you imagine? Because I do know you. I can just imagine how horrified you would be if I had showed up here and been like, here's your Christmas gift with no context or warning that it was coming. Yeah, that happened to me two days ago, and uh, I'm not over it. <laughs> not at all. I've not brought the gift into my home yet because I don't want to acknowledge that it was gifted to me and I reciprocated with empty hands and a sad heart. So I, this, it's, this is being banished until I can come to terms with my embarrassment. And even worse is it's, it was a delightful blanket. So when I bring it in, I have to sleep under my shame. Oh, it's a terrible thing. Uh, Christmas fucking sucks, man. <laughs> But you know what? We did get each other. You and I, we, we went to see Fiddler on the Roof together yes. at a sing-along in Santa Monica. Yes. And you and I were among the youngest people there. You may have been the youngest person there. I did definitely get the vibe. Also, I learned that I fucking love Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. You got the gift of learning you love Fiddler on the Roof, and I got the gift of watching you discover, ah, this Fiddler on the Roof thing's pretty great. Fantastic. That's going to be a new yearly thing of mine if I survive it out here in this terrible city. Boy, you know, it, this is weird because we enjoyed the episode. We're not talking about the episode at all. Well, because again, I think we only... It was like... I guess what we're discovering is that... I mean, we have low standards, but also... The episode doesn't have to get that much right for us to be like, Yeah, we're feeling pretty good about that. Like, yeah, that's there was true. actually a lot of... Like, because basically, like you said, every time Professor What's-His-Name was like, ah, really like that penny, really want to get me some of that, well, we were both just like, ugh, this isn't, this isn't how people should talk. Yeah, let's talk about that just a little bit then, because I was so grossed out. Uh, and maybe this is because I don't know how to appropriately express my own horniness, you know? Because, like, when I'm really into a lady, I'm like, mm, I have to go now. Uh, but I think this other approach is uh is gross too because like at first it's fine um penny and leonard are walking up to his place uh penny steps out and they start chatting each other up that's fine and they're like hey let's go on a date penny and leonard and dr dude yeah well leonard is just like witnessing all of this like melting into a pile of sludge and like all that is fine and i understand how this is rough for leonard yeah because he's like hey i have a motorcycle you want to you want to come ride my motorcycle and then we'll yeah. grab dinner. I and mean, it's a little straightforward, but yeah, it's yeah. perfectly acceptable. But then at the next day, uh, they're all having lunch together and Leonard's like, can we get back to the experiment? And he's like, I got a couple experiments of my own I'm doing. One of them is seeing what happens to this 22-year-old's body when I put a bunch of tequila shots in it. And I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it's... Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's frankly, it's a little weird. I mean, it's just, I realize this is a scripted show. But I have a hard time imagining any real woman being into being talked to about. Um, oh, shit. I don't know how we haven't just accidentally mentioned this yet so far, but we, one oh. other thing we need <laughs> well, to address. Because we made, it, we made it three quarters of the way through the episode before I turned to you and I said... Uh, where, where did she go? Or where <laughs> is she, I think? Yeah. I was like, what happened to Leonard's girlfriend? Yeah. Because the entire time that... Um, like, I didn't even think about it at first, but the entire time Penny and what's-his-name are, yeah. are, are, are... Yeah, Penny, just, Hunko, and Leonard are uh, in their love triangle. Yeah, are just horning it up for each other. Like, Leonard is just so miserable and so visibly upset by the whole scenario. And it finally culminates in 
what, again, in real life would be incredibly inappropriate, but it worked on the show. Him just randomly storming into her apartment and being like, hey, I thought you were uncomfortable and insecure around me because I was smarter than you. That guy's way smarter than me, and you're fine with him because he's hot. Well, he doesn't say because he's hot, but she's like, it's because he's hot, isn't it? What's up with that? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and she starts crying and it never gets resolved. And then he sits down next to her and she's like, I'm sorry. She's like, you're jealous. And they start having their whole will they, won't they thing that they used to have back in season one all the time. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, wait, didn't Leonard have a girlfriend like yeah. last episode? Well, and and I kind of freaked out a little bit because we, we were already at the end of the episode. We finished it. But I had to go to the Wikipedia article uh, that lists all the episodes to make sure that we didn't miss one. Because I was like, "It's did I have something mislabeled? Yes. Did, did we like just both totally space out whatever happened to the last one because like the, you know it's it, it, a couple weeks go by between each of these and in the last episode it was i think sheldon you know was trying to really take advantage of sheldon uh, leonard and stephanie's relationship but like nothing happened to the relationship and then poof she's gone well he did say that he needed more space so maybe they he did oh and you think they just ended it without acknowledging it maybe well no he said that they needed more space and then she texted them so they could go have sex right. so the last thing is him running off to have sex with her again oh man so either that was either that was like passionate last yeah. breakup sex or you know what it's going to be it's going to be like a really dramatic kind of subtle payoff you know because she <laughs> yes of course she disappears and they never acknowledge it and at first you're like that's a mistake but the longer it goes on it's like well no they like keep making like subtle references to it like so this is like in lost when a character that you'd totally forgotten about from like season one and a half shows up at like uh sure i, I didn't watch that show it wasn't but i'm that's why i didn't watch it oh, there's so many layers <laughs> um either that or they just they just wrote her off the show, and she'll never be back again. Yeah, my guess is they sent her to Mindy Land. Yeah, what? You you were so proud of that when you said it earlier. You don't know about Mindy Land, do you? I sure you? don't. So, in season one of West Wing, there was a character named Mindy. Uh-oh. Mindy was the only female character on the show who was actually, like, both equal in rank and equal in, like, ruthlessness and political cunning to, yeah. like, all of the male characters on that show. I mean... Allison Janey was also on that show as CJ. She was also, like, up there, but she had a completely different, like, vibe. Mindy was like, this is a girl. She plays with the guys. She's rough and ruthless, and, you know, they're all kind of afraid of her, like, as they should be. And then, like, near the end of season one, she just disappears. Like, totally. Like, she's just in one episode. She's not in the next episode. And then not only do they never mention her again, ever, but, like, they... What's really fucked up is then they do flashbacks to, like, things that happened, like, earlier in the season that she should have been there for, and she's just not there anymore. Oh, the ultimate disgrace. Yes. So they're just, so they just, they not only wrote her off the show without any explanation, but they basically retconned it like she had never existed. And since that moment, Man. he did that to... He did that to a couple other characters, but not quite as brutally. And so from then on, whenever a character just disappears without explanation, it's been known as being sent to Mindy Land. She got like proto spacied. That's like yeah. They just like we 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 can't just fire her. We have to erase her from the the the, the item from the property. Yeah. Ah man, I hope she also wasn't a sex creep. Ah, that... Yeah. I've. Yeah, or she was getting sex creeped on. That's why I was, whenever a girl disappears on a TV show now, that's going to be my assumption. Oh, 
somebody she wouldn't sleep with the producer and yeah, so and you know that's that assumption is why we need men like jordan b peterson to try to bring some sense back into this we, we've forgotten the west <laughs> thousands of centuries of oppression they got some things right i tell you i sound like hermit um sorry i just haven't thought about him in a while it all came out at once um anyway i guess I mean, there's not much left to talk about in this episode. We both liked it. I think we, usually we talk about why an episode could be better, because so many of them are awful. And we could do that here. But what, why, why do you think this episode worked? Because honestly, I don't know why. I think it was a bad episode that now, I was still happy with for I don't under, reasons I, I can't quite articulate. Honestly, I just think they tried a little harder with the jokes most of the time and the, and the paths. Like, uh, like uh, I don't know, when Sheldon's explaining that the Christmas tree thing comes from... Like Saturnalia, yeah, yeah. Like the explanation is kept blissfully short, and then the entire time Wallowitz is ruthlessly mocking him, like mm-hmm. they're trapped in like the world's worst Charlie Brown special. I was like, this is this is nice. This is more effort and continuity than they normally put into one of Sheldon's little bits. Yeah. In fact, you know, I will say one thing: Sheldon and Leonard both had things to do in this episode that were completely different from one another. That's true. And I feel like that might have something to do with it. Like, both of them were interesting, but or somewhat interesting, but each in a completely different way. Yeah. I think that, that really clears a lot of it up. Just, like, knowing that some basic elements were satisfied, yeah. even if it doesn't go above and beyond. Like, Raj and Wallowitz were given something to do, even if it was just, like, tag around behind, uh... Yeah, they, they weren't just literally in the background this time. They actually... Yeah, they, they were Statler and Waldorfing exa- it up. Yes, there we go. Anyway, uh, happy, good, nerdy thing for the week time. Okay. Do, do you have one? I do. Would you like to start, or do you want me to start? I'll go ahead and start. Okay. Uh, since mine's pretty simple and straightforward, uh, you're not allowed to mock me. That's not true. Uh, so my nerdy thing of the week is uh, is Gundam model kits, which are, I think, technically called Gunpla, but I'm just going to call them Gundam model kits. You, you mentioned these when we were walking uh, to, to go see Fiddler on the Roof the other night, and I very charitably was like, are those the kind that you need to paint? Yes. Um, but please continue. For- so I've always liked... So there's... How do I do this short? So there's an anime, there's an anime franchise called Mobile Suit Gundam. It's about people who fight each other in like space and on Earth in giant robots that look kind of like suits of armor. Um, it's very popular in Japan. It has spawned a huge uh, empire of merchandising, including all of these model yeah. kits for all the different robots that appear in all the different shows. Well, it's kind of a whole genre too, right? Like, now it is, yeah. yeah. It, it basically invented a genre. The real robot genre is what that genre is called. Um, nope. Don't fall down the rabbit hole. Don't fall down the rabbit hole. Do you, yeah, please. Um, <laughs> anyway, so there are all of these uh, all of these model kits. And I remember putting a few of them together when I was a kid, uh, little kid. I always liked them, found them sort of uh, fascinating and fun, following the instructions and seeing how amazing and elaborate they were to put together. I hadn't done... It's always a little hard because the instructions are in Japanese. Hadn't done one because in a long time, because they were always hard to find, you know, where I lived. You know, you had to order them off the internet or, like, be visiting a cousin who lived in San Francisco, basically, if you yeah. wanted one. Um, but anyway, I've been living in L.A. for years. Never occurred to me to step inside one of the many, many, like, Japanese novelty shops here until, like, a, few, until, like, a few months ago. As sure as I did, 
Thousands of Gundam model kits. Have just you, model kits all over the place. How have you not, like, just tripped and accidentally fallen into such a store in, like, Little Tokyo? I mean, I've seen them. I just, it just, I never really went inside. Like, uh, the, the place is almost, like, offensively filled with them. You're, yeah, you're like, I, know. I think Little Tokyo would have so much more to offer than all of these shitty, like, anime and Gundam stores. Well, like I said, I was so happy to discover that that's a thing it was a great it was a great thing been back multiple times so the first one i bought i actually bought for like my nephew because i was like ah he likes mechanical engineering stuff maybe he'll think this is interesting it was way too hard i totally it's not like he didn't he thought it was cool once it was put together but you know he's like eight it was not a good gift for an eight-year-old it's a great example of how i don't know what's age appropriate for children it wasn't a good gift for that (laughs) eight-year-old Um, but he did like it when it was put together like an action figure. But basically, I had to put it together for him. I was like, ah, still got it. Still find this incredibly calming. Um, so yeah, so I got a new one for myself for Christmas, which I still haven't fully put together. But, uh, but is something I'm doing when I get stressed out that I find fun and enjoyable. So yeah, Gundam Model Kits. If you can get your hands on one, you know, I recommend you start with like a real grade because those are like the easier ones, but they go up and up in rank. And one day when I have more space, I could definitely see myself as if I weren't weird and nerdy enough being one of those people who who collects incredibly elaborate robot model kits to put together and frame around my house. Your turn. I have 1.5 recommendations. Okay. So the point five is I've been really uh, playing an unhealthy amount of this uh, Japanese turn-based role-playing anime video game wow we have a very anime name we're very japanese this week i guess called a labyrinth of refrain colon coven of dusk and here's the thing i can't really say it's a good game um the story is simple and boring and completely disconnected from the main game which is a first person uh tile dungeon crawling game um where you have five sets of units uh each of those units can have like up to like theoretically like eight members in it and so you can control anywhere from like one to 40 characters at a time um and it's unnecessarily complicated the game does a real bad job of explaining the mechanics to you like 20 hours in it's still like it gives you hints, like little question marks you can check on walls. Like 20 hours in, it's like, hey, did you know that if you press X, you can do this? It's like, why at this time would you reveal this? Like, things like that. Um, and it's it's not good, and I love it. I love it. Oh, I just love grinding and doing... Just I, I It's got an auto battle. I just hit X, and I hold A so the battle goes faster, and the numbers go up a couple ticks, and then I feel good. And when the numbers go up enough ticks, I get a new thing to put numbers into. Oh, I love it. Um, so maybe play that if you have that same disease that I have. Um, the thing I'm going to wholeheartedly recommend is... Uh, when, when I was in college, uh, the Venture Brothers got real big. Oh! <gasps> And do you love the Venture Brothers? I guess I do. I, so I've always liked the Venture Brothers, but I just kind of watched it casually. Um, and I knew a lot about it, uh, but I, I, I never sat and watched it through. I wasn't like a, a, a big fan. I just kind of liked it. And uh, I decided, like I heard a new season was coming out. So I was like, you know, I'll go back and start watching it and see if it holds up. And the only weird thing is when you go back to season one, the animation is rough. Yeah. Uh, 
but particularly the pilot, which I would basically recommend people skip because it's so weird and out of continuity with the rest of it. Uh, yeah, it's I was, I was showing a, a friend who was around the other day, uh, the Venture Brothers, and I, I started the first episode and, and like two minutes in, I was like, let's go to something a bit more representative. <laughs> um, but no, it's so two things I learned. One, I'd actually seen a lot more of the Venture Brothers than I thought I had. Um, but two, Ah, oh, it's such a good show! It's an it's amazing incredible. show! It's a fucking fantastic it's, show! It's so tight. Like, every yeah. action in every episode, like, moves some sort of plot line forward. Yes. Like, so much happens in every episode. Yeah, Thing, and, and oh, there are, like, one-off jokes that you're like, well, they're never coming back to that joke again. And then it's like, oh no, this is actually one of the key mythological yeah, like tokens that no. you're going to need. And no matter how random and stupid something is, it, it's built into the larger world. Like there, there are so few things that are like legitimately throwaways. Yeah. Uh, and also there, there's just so much imagination in it. Like that they keep adding more and more characters. Like just because I, I guess I sure know like doesn't already know. Venture Brothers. It's uh, it's kind of like a Johnny Quest parody show. And, well, like Johnny Quest and Hardy Boys combined. Yeah, because you've got the Venture Brothers. <clears throat> well, it's, yeah, it's literally like, what if Johnny Quest grew up himself was kind of yes. an asshole, and then his kids were the Hardy Brothers? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. So you've got the the, the Johnny Quest grows up. That's Rusty Venture. He is uh, a, a shitty, self-absorbed, uh, drug-addicted, failed super scientist, and then he has his, his twin boys, Hank and Dean who are uh, just delightful idiots, uh, very earnest and stupid. And then the, the fourth main character is Brock Samson, their gigantic, <laughs> mullet-wearing uh, Swedish murder machine bodyguard. And that sounds like it would very easily lend itself just to kind of a, a stupid, bro-y, beat-em-up kind of thing. Yeah, like a one-off episode. Like, you know, like one or two episodes of interesting stuff. Yeah. But then... But no, it's, so it's legitimately fantastic. And you know what the uh, the the monarch and Doctor Girlfriend I think great have, relationship have an incredible relationship and uh, Doctor Girlfriend uh, in one episode makes a couple of references to eating butt way before millennials <laughs> thought it was super cool so um, she she makes a joke at, well she references putting a tracker in the monarch uh, because when you really love someone you do some kind of crazy things and eating butt um, so I don't need to talk anymore about it they're like it's like it's all on Hulu right now. It's fantastic. I I, I I never binge television. Like as much as I play video games, I have a really hard time like just sitting and watching TV. But I absolutely binged watched all of it and I'm frustrated that I'm out of all the episodes that are yes, available. Same. Man, I wish I'd know because I like every time a new episode comes out, I'm like, this is amazing. It makes me want to go back and watch everything unspool from the beginning again to get to this point. But that would yeah. take so much time because well, there's so much of it. It doesn't take as much time as you'd think. Um, but also, I will say the one warning I would put on it is 100% legitimately fantastic show. Um, but a lot of early 2000s casual homophobia and other slurs. It's never like mean. Like there's not anything that's like a hate crime. But it's just the way they, they toss some words around very casually. Well, Okay, so starting next week, this is now a Venture Brothers podcast. Yeah, other podcasts we would rather be doing. Peep Show podcast. Yeah. Venture Brothers podcast. Uh, Labyrinth uh, of Refrain. Well, no, stop, stop, too much. Very well, that game is also another problem. 
is that it'll totally walk you into unbeatable boss fights with no warning and just fuck your shit up and make you eat the consequences. <laughs> There's like, no, it's not like, are you sure you want to do this fight? It's like, you just say yes in a conversation and suddenly a gigantic monster is just one-shotting everyone in your party and you're like, I, I, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong, video game? Well, Why? You, you didn't spend 1,400 hours leveling up before you fucked up. Yeah, and I love it. I love it. Because I'm dirty. I'm dirty in the brain, Kyle. <laughs> it's okay. As long as it makes you happy, that's all that matters. It doesn't, and that's why I do it. Because not being happy is what makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs>